This is exactly right. You know, you do it. Hi, welcome to my favorite murder of the mini so That's Karen Kilgariff. I'm Georgia Hardstark. We're reading you your emails that you sent us. Oh, the whole fucking thing? Oh, you didn't want me to. <laughs> okay. Hi. I am Georgia Hardstark. <laughs> you are Karen Kilgariff. Let's do it the whole time. Together. We are. <laughs> My, annoying. my favorite annoying the shit out of you <laughs> i was like what are we together oh my favorite horrible beginning beep boop bop let's start over let's, okay let's just start fresh here let's start the podcast over the whole se- run <laughs> the whole run fuck let's just go to the beginning we'll oh, do the exact same murders so every episode many book reports no none because we're gonna do the exact same ones oh we're gonna read the exact same hometowns Oh, everything's like, gonna be the same just almost like a reenactment yeah i love it let's start and ooh, what's this a microphone <laughs> this is when we're learning ooh. what a microphone is oh my voice it sounds high now it sounds low oh my god this is like an answering machine <laughs> okay let's do this this is my favorite than mason do you want to go first or you want me to go first go first uh you want me to wait do i have a good ending one do you have a good ending one or do i have a good no do you uh, I have something that lands last. The last, <laughs> the last line is funny. Okay, good. So I will start then. Yeah. My Wait, right one, two, three. Yeah. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My the subject line is my uncle escaped from prison and murdered a cop and there's a movie about it. Holy shit! Are you ready? Ready. Hi. Insert obligatory fangirl stuff here. Fully respect that. My fiance and I are going to your show in St. Louis in December and we love you, etc., etc. My hometown murder is my grandmother's brother, so my great uncle. Uh, these took place in both Maryland and Louisiana. His name is Wayne Robert Feld, uh, pronounced Feldy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't know until I got to that part of the parentheses. F E L D? F E L D E. Feldy, okay. Uh, okay. He thought. <laughs> I get why you're laughing now. I pronounced it incorrectly and then a moment later correctly. No, that's part of the letter. You have to read it or you would be incorrect. Yeah, that was my experience real time. Yeah. Uh, Live it, learn it. That's our thing. Thank you. Right? I'll never pronounce it incorrectly again. So, Robert Wayne Feldy. Uh, fought in the Vietnam War for two years where his job was to unload the dead bodies of fallen soldier, soldiers from the helicopters no. that retrieved no. them. You fucked up for life. Wow. Ugh. Unbelievable. Children. They made them do this too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess I can understand how that fucks you up a little. In 1972, Feldy shot and killed a coworker in a bar fight. When the police came, Feldy got into a standoff with the police and started firing at them. Mm-mm. He finally surrendered to his mom, my great grandma. Mm. She fucking came down and was like, Feldy, in the in put the house your dress, gun down. put yeah. that gun down right now. God damn it! In a house dress that I now own. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he was convicted of first degree murder and sent to a Maryland prison in 1973. Three years later, 1976, he applied for parole but was denied, so he escaped from prison. Uh-uh. He was on the run for two years. Jesus. He went to Louisiana where his mom, my great grandma, was dying of cancer and he was arrested again. 
When, while being transported in a police car, Feldy pulled out a concealed firearm, <gasps> shot the officer in the groin, and killed him. <gasps> During the trial, Feldy begged the jury to sen- sentence him to death so he wouldn't kill again. Oh my God. Saying, it's happened twice in eight years. Wow. He died by electric chair in 1988 in Angola prison in Louisiana. That place is supposed to be the worst. Really? Angola? Mm-hmm. Yeah. His last words were, you can call the messenger, but you can't kill the message. What? You can kill the messenger is probably what she meant to write. I think so, because it's it's clearly (laughs) C-A-L-L. No, I'm not saying you did it or anything wrong. Uh, I'm very defensive about this. Um, (laughs) No, no. Yeah, that would make more sense. His last words were, you can kill the messenger, but you can't kill the message. Fucking true. That's creepy. It's very true. My parents never told me about this until one day my dad mentioned the movie made based on this story. The shitty movie is called <laughs> Beyond the Call. It stars Sissy Spacek and David Strathern. Wow. Don't say it's shitty with those two superstars. Uh, no wonder I never really liked that side of the family. SSDGM Jordan. That's hilarious. Oh my God. That's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. This one is called My Cannibalistic Aunt. Uh oh. With an exclamation mark. Shit. Hey there, Karen. Surprise. Genuinely surprised. Ah. Hey there, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and Animals. My name is Erica, and I'm from one of those super crazy families where the self proclaimed, quote, normal ones sit around during Christmas or some other festive activity and nonchalantly tell stories about the not so normal ones. (laughs) A few years back, a couple of my family members and I sat around my grandma's celebration of life, only to have a very interesting discussion. While sipping juice from colorful bendy straws, my great aunt brings up the fact that my aunt, her name is Nikki, ate my cousin's organs. What? It turns out that when my cousin died 20 years ago from alcohol poisoning, Aunt Nikki had requested to keep his organs for, quote, religious purposes. This was before the law passed that made it so you can't request organs. (laughs) And she is in no way a religious person. What? (laughs) Sorry. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Like for religious purposes so then i bet you the the authorities were assuming this is some strange religion we don't really know that well but bury them somewhere but here of course you can have your we're not going to use them yeah we don't want them we don't want to keep you from the thing you want totally it's yours oh yeah but no okay nikki then thought it would be a wonderful idea to store her diseased son's organs in her everyday freezer for years to come there's a lot of exclamation marks in this story yeah i bet underlining the fact that it's insane yes fast forward 15 years she lost her home and ended up moving in with my grandma one of my grandma's quote rules had been that she didn't want the organs of her grandchild in her freezer reasonable (laughs) reasonable request i'd say yeah so grandma went out and bought her a tree to plant her son to plant her son under when my aunt headed out to uh, to plant all the organs under the tree she requested to go alone so she could have one last moment with her son for closure my grandma began my grandma being the wonderful woman that she was understood and went inside two hours later nikki came back into the home her face covered no in blood no no, i can't i can't do this with you nikki She then announced that her son was one with her now and proceeded to vomit profusely into the bathroom toilet. Yeah, I bet she did. Oh, my God. Not one with you anymore. No. 
No. Well, perhaps slight some remainder. part. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Now I believe that the that those guts went to her brain because a few <laughs> months later, my grandma started to experience a lot of random illnesses such as vomiting and fever. She did, unfortunately, end up having a stroke on the floor of their home. My Aunt Nikki did call the police, but refused to let EMS into their home for three hours. By that time, my grandma had passed, and no one questioned a thing. Still to this day, I believe that crazy Nikki had done something to my grandma. By the non-murderinos, oh wait, but the non-murderinos of my family chalk it up to old age. I guess we'll never know. Needless to say, she isn't invited to family functions anymore. <laughs> Anywho, thanks for what you do. Stay sexy and stay away from cannibalistic family members. Love, Erica from Seattle, Washington. Fuck. Isn't, doesn't this come out the weekend of the week of Thanksgiving? Oh, great. Perfect. So here's what we're going to request. Aunt your Nikki. S- Aunt Nikki. You bring a casserole. Just yes. something simple. Store-bought. <laughs> Can we ask that Aunt sealed. Nikki? Sealed store-bought. <laughs> I want everyone sitting around their fucking family tables just to pry. I want you to pry because I guarantee there's some story that you haven't heard that no one just has thought of telling, but be subtle. That's right. And also, as the years go by, the stories become easier to tell right. because people, uh, you know, I don't know, people die and it all lightens up a little bit and they can go, you know, oh, that's true. Well, here's the thing, because like that's, you know, I think I told you this on the show, but for years, I just knew that my grandpa, my mom's father died before when my mom was like 19 or 20 yeah. before I was born later on. And it was almost like almost conversationally accidentally. My dad told me that he didn't just die. He was stabbed in a bar fight in an alley outside of a bar. Oh, my God. Because He was like a lifelong hardcore alcoholic that fucked up their family over and over a ton of times and then essentially was murdered in a bar fight jesus christ and you just leave that out of the conversation well that was that thing where the irish catholics are very good at like you everything gets left out of the conversation unless you're in the inner circle and then you know you either know nothing or you know everything right oh Think Crazy. of a way to pry this story out of someone. Yeah, you got it. Because that's really the stuff of life. That's really. Yeah. And they'll be able to tell you. But that story is especially crazy because not only does she know that the crazy aunt was mm-hmm. cannibalistic with her son's organs, but then she also suspects that she killed her grandmother. Yeah. Like that. That is one of those stories that it's just like, well, no wonder no one tells that one because it's yeah. a little bit fucked up especially beyond the pale beyond that's gonna that's gonna you have to make sure that the story the thanksgiving dinner story isn't gonna stop everybody short (laughs) ruin the pie and then make everybody leave in quiet yeah you want to kind of keep it light and bubbly yeah okay we're still at a family party we're figuring it out still with you guys but i feel like we're gonna get an influx of of hometown murders on the friday after thanksgiving i'd love it well also because i think everybody has to figure it out your own way but i mean it's not like we're against hearing a story like this no it's fascinating you and never amazing. said stop no never you said that's horrible i hate it <laughs> but i never stopped because i didn't think you'd well also because that like that woman snapped snapped but but also those organs were not new the thought of 15 years and then her mom knew about it was just like just don't bring them here like that's how normal it was for everyone yes 
ever you know and that's how not dealing with the actual deal she was where she just went into this whole thing about a thing that has nothing to do with him anymore nothing. your organs that's like keeping someone's fingernail yeah. clippings it's just of no oh. i mean you're just assigning the meaning to yeah. it oh man and it's sweet that her mom was even like i'm gonna let you bury them here in this under this tree right like that's so sweet yes it is and thought and like patient and then she comes in with blood around oh her God. mouth like he's one with me now and then starts vomiting oh shit oh my i mean God. at least cook them all right read okay read, this, read to me this section <laughs> this uh, subject line is the tale of the mini disco ball hi karen georgia steven and all the furry creatures i have a mystery that well i don't want to give it away so almost a year ago my husband and i were driving from new york city to southern vermont to meet up with some pals for our annual middle-aged creaky folks go skiing trip and wouldn't you know it snowed for about five of the six hours of our trip not a problem for our good in the snow car until this trip uh-oh the last hour was a true white knuckle drive as we started to gain elevation and had to negotiate the mountains um i know it's new england so they're mountains in quotes uh uh with what was now a delightful mix of sleet and some other frozen crap hell no uh yeah that's crazy we were sliding around and the bounds of our relationship were momentarily oh. tested <laughs> i get it i offered some pretty pithy unsolicited advice <laughs> through gritted teeth along the lines of could you maybe drive slower which was neither good advice, I admit, nor well-received, he admits. We made it, though, and stopped in town for a well-earned beverage to calm ourselves before checking in. When we got back into the car, there was a mini disco ball hanging from the rearview mirror. What? Months earlier, we had somehow ended up with a mini disco ball in the car, as one does, and hung it from the rearview mirror as a gag, but we both agreed to banish it to the glove box as it was way too distracting. It did, though, remind me of my late mom, who, prim, proper, and waspy as hell, used to listen to the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack Aww. to get psyched up for work, a much to my then 12-year-old's great eye-rolling mortification. Uh, when did you put this back up? I asked my husband. I didn't, he replied. <gasps> no, you did. How else would it get there? I said. I started to get genuinely angry. Come on, don't mess with me. I'm really not. But then I realized how dumb that sounded as he's a rock of a guy that would never do that to anyone. Not a joker, he. Also, um, also always locks the car up. Plus, we both reasoned who would break into a car just to hang mm -hmm. a mini disco ball from the glove box. Uh -huh. Very true. We both immediately thought the same thing. Mom put it there to say, glad you made it. Have fun. Always be yourself. Aww. My hubby is a wicked sciencey guy with a romantic streak. Parentheses dreamy, right? Yes. Um, who does not believe in ghosts. He does, however, believe that there very well could be a parallel universe that sometimes... Oh, could be parallel universes that sometimes intersect. Aww. Okay, I'm not the science one. I'm the part-time poet. So we agreed to be amazed that somehow the mini disco ball ended up hanging from the rearview mirror again because, well, mom. SSDGM, thanks for the podcast. Now and forever wholeheartedly embracing her inner BG, Beth. Cute. Well, now I'm going to cry. We should have saved that one for the last one. <laughs> That's sweet. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. All right. My near death experience and Twin Peaks IRL. Oh, okay. What's your, what's your like talisman that if you saw would make you think you're a mom? 
A pack of Benson and Hedges Lights 100s, <laughs> soft pack, with a kind of a rust colored, glistening rust colored lipstick. Oh my God. Do we have a lady Bic on hand too? Can I get a lady no, Bic? No, matches, matches. Matches. Always matches. Fuck yeah, matches. That's why I love that fucking sulfur smell. Oh, I have a yeah. very distinct, like, early childhood memory of my mom pulling up to a gas station. It was full service. So she's like, Ethel, you know, like, fucking, can I have $5 of Ethel? Yeah. Rolls the window up and lights a cigarette <laughs> at a gas station. And then just like, anyway, we have to and go. no one says otherwise. No. Everyone's like, great. Well, it was just me in the car. And nobody I mean, like, like in, the, in the gas station. Oh, hell no. No, that was back when it was like, you got, you could slap other people's children. <laughs> not just your own. So... <laughs> Sliding up in front of a kid was like minor, no big deal. <laughs> they didn't know it was bad for you. Oh man, yes they did. <laughs> I don't buy that. They Even didn't care. <laughs> Kids didn't mean as much back then. Yeah, that's right. Kids were a dime a dozen. They weren't as easy to market to, so they nobody knew how much money they could make. Everybody. Right. So yeah. no one cared about them. That's okay. Right. My near death experience and Twin Peaks IRL. Hi, Georgia, Karen, Stephen, and Furry Company, Furry Co. Okay. okay. I'm from Albany, New York, and I once almost got my head chopped off with a weed whacker as a child. I was writing by <laughs> sneaking up. First of all, weed whackers don't have blades, they have little pieces of plastic. Yeah, but they go so fast. <laughs> they go. And you're a child. That's and you're true. a child. I was riding my bike, and a clueless groundskeeper at my middle school swung the weed whacker around as I rode by. I happened to duck just in time before I ended up decapitated. Duh. Anyway, I recently did some internet sleuthing and I found out that the, tw the series Twin Peaks is loosely... I think that she just added that paragraph. That's just a fun story I of like it. almost getting her head chopped off. Here's what happened when you were a kid. Okay, oh. anyway, I recently did some sleuthing, found out that the series Twin Peaks is loosely based off a real unsolved murder of a girl named Hazel Drew. This happened in July of 1908 in the town of Sand Lake, New York, a rural town 10 minutes away from Albany. Apparently, Mark Frost, the co-creator of Twin Peaks, used to vacation nearby as a child. Ooh. I've attached a photo to show how crazy similar Laura Palmer looks to Hazel Drew. Wow. 20-year-old Hazel Drew was last seen picking raspberries on the side of the road on July 7th, 1908. She was found four days later nearby in Teal Pond. She had died of blunt force trauma to the back of her head, suggesting she had in fact been murdered. After Drew's body was found, a slew of suspects came into play. Initially, it was thought that she did not have any gentleman callers, but upon inspecting her trunk at home, they found notes and postcards from various men similar, similar to Laura Palmer's journal journal <laughs> drew's mother seemed to think a man with hypnotic powers lured her daughter away to be murdered Ooh. others gossiped about a campsite orgy similar to the last place laura palmer was known to be alive unfortunately we still don't know who killed hazel drew hope you guys found this as interesting as i did your podcast gets me through my evening runs when i am being a terrible murderino running alone in the dark with headphones in oh please <laughs> come on damn it uh, P.S. George's recent story. This is what made me laugh. George's recent story of the Morehouse murders where the Bernies made Katie Moore, uh, Katie Moyer dance for them to the dire straits to dire straits yeah. will stick with me forever as I am walking down the aisle to Romeo and Juliet next year. <laughs> oh, no. Can't wait to think about murder on my wedding day. <laughs> SSDGM Marissa. <laughs> You gotta change uh, that song, honey. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry about that one. Uh, yeah, that changes it a little bit. That's... Okay, I just have to say that the beginning of the original series of Twin Peaks, when it is the girl 
walking down the railroad tracks in the nightgown, like all ruined, uh-huh. is one of the freakiest and most amazing beginnings of a story yeah where you're like what happened to her i need to know you know like the, starting there everything about it seeing laura palmer's body yes. when i was wrapped yeah, in plastic wrapped in plastic and the the coloring and the and the like the sand and yes. the grit that and like that in that location of this beautiful creepy wilderness yes i totally until i just read that i forgot how much that affected me as a kid it's so and also just that they go into it i i wish it was more like it's hard to go into story wise that thing of like that the forest is an entity yeah and it is up there yeah it's so dense and people live in it and there's all kinds of shit going on forever yeah (gasps) and anything could happen anything could happen up in there yeah it's fascinating totally it's such a yeah that's amazing and the, the, i didn't know it was based on a true story i didn't I, I think i had read that and tried to do it as in one of my murders but there's just not a lot of information on it so i'm glad she wrote that in because yeah it's still so interesting it's so interesting and yeah. also 08 where it's just like 1908 yeah you could Logging kind down. of just hit someone in the back of the head kill them walk totally. away start over no whatever now yeah and the hypnotic part yes which also reminds me of terry hoffman that story i just did where she was re it started as a meditation group yeah and slowly turned into a cult where she was getting people to kill themselves totally like that idea of using hypnosis yeah for evil is yeah. fascinating yeah eee. definitely okay um send your uh hometowns to my favorite murder at gmail and have a good Thanksgiving, you guys, and uh, get, get that info from your fucking families. Yeah, man. please. We want all recon. Um, mm-hmm. Great letters this week. Yeah. <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, and stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Bye. Bye. Elvis, quit eating daddy's food. You want a cookie?